Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It is Thursday, May 20th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. It is the third week of May, and the college basketball recruiting season continues. Kansas has added two more players to its roster via the transfer portal this week, and assuming both suit up for the Jayhawks next season, they'll be among the team's most experienced players. Jalen Coleman lands, transfers in from Iowa State, and KU will be his fourth school in seven seasons. Remy Martin, the two-time All-Pac-12 performer at Arizona State and the Pac-12's leading scorer last year, also has committed to the Jayhawks. Now, KU may need to work on its scholarship numbers. Beat writers Gary Bedore and Jesse Newell break down the roster math and what it means for next season's prospects. We'll also talk about the Naismith Hall of Fame. Paul Pierce was announced as a new member this week. We'll be the next with ties to KU to receive basketball's highest honor. Also, we chat football as new coach Lance Leipold completes his first staff. So let's get started talking Kansas basketball and football with Gary and Jesse. Usually the third week in May is a, well, it's a busy time for spring sports. They're, they're in their championships and uh, but but for college basketball, for, for men's basketball, typically recruiting is done. And for football, spring practice is over and or coaches are already starting to plan their vacations. But things are a little different when a school makes a coaching change just a couple of weeks ago, football coaching change and basketball has a limitless transfer uh, conditions right now. Anybody can go anywhere, anytime they want, seemingly. And so it's been a busy week for KU, and here to talk about it is Jesse Newell and Gary Bedore. We're recording this on Wednesday uh, for the Thursday Post, so just a couple of hours ago, Kansas learned uh, of its latest addition to the men's basketball roster, one Jalen Coleman lands most recently of Iowa State, but uh, has a has a basketball card that includes many stops. Gary, let's, let's just uh, take us through uh, Jalen Coleman uh, lands. Introduce us to him. Yeah, uh, and in response to what you said about the time of year, I was figuring for my story today, the season ended March 22. Up until now, there's been a constant barrage of, of transactions involving players. Five have left the program. Nine have been added, plus a walk-on. Incredibly crazy. But Jalen Coleman lands today, puts them one over the scholarship limit of 13 at this time with 14. He is 6'4". He's been, like you said, his stops include DePaul and University of Illinois. It'll be his seventh year in college. He's about to turn 25 soon. Uh, Known as a good shooter, if people remember the two games they played against Iowa State last year in a three-day span because of COVID rescheduling, he scored 20 in both games and also hit three or four threes. But uh, he is one of the many veterans that will be on this team and uh, self, I think wanted a shoot 
a shooter in theory in case Ochai Egbaji turns pro. And he, in, in theory, will give you some outside shooting. <coughs> Excuse me. But that's about it on him. Okay. Well, that's a lot. I mean, he's he has really had an unusual path. But, you know, he's had a couple of redshirt years, right? He had a medical redshirt year. Um, I think it's, let's see, two years at Illinois, three years at DePaul, one one season at – it's at one season? Yeah, one season at Iowa State, and now yeah. he'll finish his career at KU um, and everybody in everybody in college sports this year got an additional year of eligibility and he is taking advantage of that. Jesse, what do you remember about him in the games against the, the Jayhawks? Well, basically it's what Gary said. He's a spot up shooter. He made 40% of his threes uh, for the season and obviously lit up KU. The thing about Iowa state was they struggled in most aspects this past year. So um, if you're Kansas, you really can't leave a guy like that open because that's one of the very few threats that Iowa State had out there on the offensive end. And KU sort of lackadaisical defensively was leaving him open and uh, paid for it. But it's an interesting addition, especially as Gary said, because it puts him one over. It makes you, uh, the logical part of this would make you say that Ochai Abaji most likely is going to enter the NBA draft and remain in there just because what uh, Coleman Lance potentially fills for Kansas, which is an outside shooter, is exactly what Ochai Abaji is. And so it would make sense for self if he's basically trying to proactively uh, replace on the back end some shooting on his roster, he would be doing so because he was figuring that somebody else was leaving. So uh, as Gary said, just another transaction for this Kansas team. It's a very weird offseason, Blair, because you know they, they added Remy Martin. I'm sure we'll get to him in a moment, the two-time uh, all Pac-12 first-team player, point guard, kind of the missing piece for Kansas. They were they really struggled offensively at point guard last year. But you know when I'm looking at their roster and potentially what would make me most optimistic about them going into next season, it's kind of crazy because what I would probably say that fans should be most optimistic about is they return the guys that they returned from last year. Christian Brown, David McCormick, Jalen Wilson, three starters. And how college basketball works is if you stay around another year, you're usually better. And if you're a program like Kansas, you're usually better. So um, we can talk a lot about all these guys that they added. And as Gary said, 10 new additions to the roster, which is an astro- astronomical number. But it is kind of crazy. I think the thing that still might give you the most hope if you're a Kansas fan, which is, hey, Bill Self's system, uh, these three guys I just mentioned, Jalen Wilson, uh, Christian Brown, and Dave McCormick, they all know it, and they are all productive in it last year, and they all should hypothetically be better next year. So that might be a big reason why KU should still be ranked pr- pretty highly. One thing I looked up about uh, with, with Coleman Lands, he's, like we said, fourth team, seventh year. He's never played in the NCAA tournament. So this, uh, I'm sure, being recruited by and attracted to Kansas and the the possibility of you know, having playing on a what would be the best team that he's ever been on as a college player has some great appeal to him. Okay, Jesse, you you mentioned Remy Martin. That's that's a fascinating one. Two time All Pac twelve guy um, led the Pac twelve in scoring this year at at nineteen point one six zero point guard. Not as good a shooter um, uh, from from the three low thirties, I think. But he is uh, he's the player that Kansas did not have this past year. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about like a missing piece, uh, KU tried to play Marcus Garrett at the point guard last year. It just didn't work out as they anticipated. You know, he wasn't great scoring end of clock. He wasn't great 
creating for himself. He wasn't as good of a passer as he was the year before in pick and roll settings, uh, especially without Yudoka Azubuki in there uh, and instead playing with Dave McCormick. So, you know, Remy Martin, speaking of guys that have lit up KU, his freshman and sophomore years, he lit up KU pretty good uh, as the Sun Devils beat Kansas in both of those years. One game at Allen Fieldhouse, one game down there in Tempe when Kansas was number one. But yeah, he can create his own shot. He can get a shot off the dribble. He was 35% from three last year, so improving in that area. And obviously well-respected. Uh, ESPN's Jeff Borzello had him as the number one player in the transfer portal in this offseason. So Bill Self working some of that late magic as he often does in recruiting. Uh, this is a big get for Kansas. This is, uh, as we talked about, all offseason here, he's been trying to lure a point guard to KU to basically say, hey, I'm giving you the keys to the program. You're the missing piece with all the other pieces I just talked about coming back. The Browns, Wilsons, uh, McCormick's, Yesafus of the world, he's kind of the guy that really fits in and can take pressure off those guys and make them become their best selves. So, uh, yeah, as long as he doesn't go pro, he still has his name out there to potentially go pro. Doesn't sound like from the quotes he gave to Gary, and Gary can talk more about this, that necessarily he wants to do that. He wants to play at Kansas, it sounds like. But by all indications, it's a it's a good pickup for Kansas, especially if they're going to lose a guy like Ochai Abaji. And this raises their floor a lot and probably just slightly raises their ceiling. Maybe not as good defensively with him on the court, but obviously this is going to be a better offensive team next year for Bill Self. Yeah, Gary, I was reading some stuff right when um, when when it was announced that he was going to transfer and it was like a coin flip, NBA or or college. But after after reading your story and you, you talked to him, boy, it sounds like he would be excited about the prospect of playing at, at KU. Yes, he said that it's kind of strange to be hoping you don't make it in the league. But uh, in yeah. his mind, he'd like to come here a year and uh, experience this. And they all seem to want a long tournament run if KU gets in the tournament because of the NCAA thing. So, uh, yeah, he's he did say that he was going to do the draft, put all of his effort into that, but uh, he'd like to come here. Yeah, um, uh, I, I had scribbled down in my notes here that uh, going back to Coleman Lance for a second, but like Missouri and Kansas State who traded players, KU and Iowa State did the same, right? With Tristan and Aruna going, yeah, going going to the Cyclones. Um, yeah, I, I got to think Remy Martin is the guy that would start. He he would be your starting point guard next year if he, if he came to KU. And with Coleman Lance, it seems like that's you have to you know work his way to the, become a starter, right? It's not a, not a game yeah. that that would, that would be the case. Yeah. Hey, if you look at Bill Sell's past too, Blair, uh, I know a lot of people don't think this way, but it's, it's been very rare for him to have a starter the previous year and not return and be a starter the next year. So, you know, I'm really high on Yesifu. I think his advanced numbers are great. He obviously the last nine or 10 games he had at Drake were really good. He's outside shooter, all those sorts of things. But uh, if we just talk about what we just talked about, which is the guys that are coming back, it's probably going to be, pretty difficult to unseat guys that are in there. Like we just talked about Christian Brown, David McCormick and Jalen Wilson. If all those guys do indeed come back as we expect them to. So uh, I guess I would leave one more spot in there that uh, yes, could step into if he wanted to, but uh, I would be very surprised if those guys didn't, or if those guys relinquish their starting duties, just because like I said, with Bill self and the trust he has in previous starters, it would be very surprising if those guys did not earn those jobs back again, at least at the start of next season. Sounds like there's going to be a lot of summer ball played on the Allen Fieldhouse court uh, in June, July, and August. 
Well, Gary mentioned the 13 scholarship players. They're actually at 14 because Mitch Lightfoot's is a free scholarship. Uh, and then, yeah, now they're at 15, basically, because they're going to have to get rid of somebody to add Coleman Land. So, yeah, I mean, I say this a lot. Basketball, you don't need 14 guys. You don't need 13 guys. You need about eight or nine. And Bill Self always seems to limit his rotation to eight or nine. So maybe he'll make them go out there and run a bunch and get a couple guys injured. To uh, I know that's knock on wood, but it is crazy. This I I know we have said it a lot around these parts and saying, oh, this is the deepest roster Bill Self's ever had, yada, yada. I mean, I Gary, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I I think this is this one takes the cake. I can't remember like one through 14 and obviously yeah. they don't usually have a 14, but one through 14 being guys where they would mostly start at the mid-major and up level. Uh, this is this is probably unprecedented in the Bill Self era, the way he has loaded and then reloaded and then re-reloaded his roster this offseason. Okay, and this has happened, a lot of it is happening because the, the recruiting game has continued into, you know, at post-NCAA tournament into April, May, and... Kansas was involved with a couple other guys, Gary, uh, including a top uh, freshman. We've talked about him, Ty Ty Washington. And another guy we've talked a lot about is the the, the Georgia guard, uh, Severe Wheeler. Turns out um, he went to a K and a U, but not the KU that, we, th- that we're more familiar with. Yeah, I think uh, as far as Wheeler goes, when – when Remy Martin possibility was emerging, um, I don't think that broke their heart that he went to Kentucky. Um, his shooting percentage, his stats weren't as good. And Remy Martin, of course, was a preseason All-American. But uh, as far as Ty Ty Washington, top 10 player now, Kansas wanted him at the point. And he chose Kentucky, uh, so that was a loss to Kentucky. And and uh, the Wheeler thing was a loss because KU was on his final list. But in reality, I think uh, that worked out to where Bill Self prefers what he's got. Okay, sounds good. Let, let's take a break, guys. Uh, got a little more basketball to talk about when we come back, but I also want to get into football. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back with Gary Bedore and Jesse Newell talking KU sports. Um, earlier, I said it was a busy week for, for Kansas sports, and that started on Sunday with the announcement that Paul Pierce is the is a member of the latest class inducted into the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame. I think it's very deserving. In on the first ballot, he was in, he was great player, uh, NBA uh, Finals MVP in I think it was two thousand eight when the Celtics won. 
spent almost his entire career in Boston. Did he did he leave as the Celtics career scoring leader? Uh, Number two. Is he two behind? Is it Havlicek? Um, yeah, I'm not sure, but I think that is right. Okay, and doesn't he have his doesn't he have his his number hanging in the rafters there? Yes. So definitely one of their all time greats, and he does have it hanging there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, accomplished professional player, All America at Kansas in uh, in ninety ninety eight. He should have made it in ninety seven, but uh, but didn't. But um, so that uh, we we've talked about it before, Gary. Um, that that Pierce would. Uh, when he was nominated, we talked about his qualifications and everything. So I threw it out there a couple of days ago, hoping maybe it would uh, it maybe jog something. It seems like everybody who can be in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame from Kansas is in it. Yeah. And I'm not sure who's next, um, who, who would be next. You know, there's just not a current NBA player right now uh, or or – coach unless i'm missing somebody who you know who went to ku um uh, as, as a, you know graduated from ku as a coach uh, but but at least no, no time soon in the next few years i think are we going to see a a former kansas player or coach in the naismith hall of fame could you come up with one gary did you think anything? no uh Gar- gary's got one give it to him gary you got yeah, one every, all right gary bring it bring it maybe rc buford oh, uh Build five San Antonio Spurs titleists. Um, yeah, he did. Is that how many times they've won it? Five. Yeah, yeah the Tim Duncan. Yeah, Tim Duncan's won five. So, and he uh, worked here under Larry Brown, and of course, uh, KU, if it wanted to, <laughs> could there play po- Popovich. Because there it is. <laughs> he worked one year. On sabbatical from Pomona Pitzer on Larry's staff. You got to claim Popovich. Absolutely. If you're Kansas, you're grabbing Naismith, you're grabbing Dean Smith, you're grabbing everybody. You got to grab Popovich. He's part of the family. <laughs> well, he was part of the amazing run of, uh, of uh, coaches that came through Kansas in the Larry Brown era. It's, it's, it's incredible. Not, not to mention you know, Bill Self and John Calipari. Um, Alvin Gentry, part of that too, I believe. And, uh, yeah, incredible coaching talent in Lawrence from you know, in, in the mid 1980s. So, okay. Those are good ones. Uh, those are good ones. And I, I think they are Buford who have to get in as a contributor, I guess. Right. Uh, not, not as a coach and, um, would have to be a contributor and pop, of course he'll, he'll, he's obviously a, a hall of famer. Five and yeah. It's weird bringing up that conversation, Blair, because I think the first place that me and Gary's minds went to, and, and this speaks to your point, which is it's, it might be a while, was Joel Embiid. <laughs> and he's probably the one that's on the trajectory when you're talking about player-wise that uh, is the next one to come in. And, you know, he's still got a career to to have and is only, whatever, 27 years old. But it is amazing to sort of think about that, that uh, the next potential Hall of Famer would be that guy. And he's one that, I mean... He obviously has the ties to Kansas, but didn't play extensively for Kansas. You know, missed most of that freshman season and was out of there. So, um, but still kind of a crazy story how he came up. And um, to think that he would be the guy out of all the people like, you know, that I've covered at Kansas that would be the Hall of Famer, that would be kind of an amazing feat. He had a couple of, Joel Embiid had a couple of just incredible games for Kansas. And however many played, 24, 25 games that year. I remember he went up to Iowa State 
and was incredible. And Fred Hoiberg said after the game uh, that he couldn't believe how good he was. And this was before he was uh, really established as a, as, as a guy who you would, you would think is going to be a college star. Uh, and, and then the, it, it was, it wasn't a game. It was a move that he made at sprint center against New Mexico or New Mexico state. It was, the new, it was New Mexico. He did the dream shake. Yeah. First time we'd seen it. It's like, okay, this guy, <laughs> this guy might be okay. He might be okay. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little football. Uh, it's a, it's a busy time. I did a podcast in Texas and uh, earlier today. They all wanted to know about uh, KU football. It's a curiosity, and all about Coach Leipold and, um, and and what they did with the staff. We haven't talked since the since Leipold sorted out the staff, Jesse. I thought the the symmetry is pretty cool, right? Five and five. Yeah, and from all along, it sounded like he was going to get sort of a pool of money to basically distribute how he wanted to. And um, that means, Hey, if you keep X number of guys on the staff that are already under, under contract for Kansas, then you get that much money to pay to your new assistants and potentially reward guys that you've, you know, worked along with the ranks. So five guys from Buffalo on field, five guys from Kansas remain with the program. He also just recently hired Rob Ionello to be the general manager for Kansas football. Rob, Rob Ionello should be a familiar name to KU football fans. He actually worked, on field for Kansas under Charlie Weiss. So this is his second stint at Kansas, but he's going to be off field kind of organizing, doing everything in that role. And kind of fascinating to hear the general manager term. We hear that in baseball and football professionally all the time. I haven't heard that as much in, in college football, but I'm sure it could be a, something that could be a trend of the future just based off of how much needs to be organized in that particular role. But the ones to basically know uh, most off from coming from Buffalo, uh, you know, offensive and defensive coordinator, Andy Kotelnicki, the offensive coordinator, a young guy, energetic. We got to see him in a press conference setting, kind of has the makings of a future head coach, uh, really personable, upbeat, uh, talks fast, and, you know, c- kind of really excited about he want, how, what he wants to do. And then, Ryan Borland, I wrote about him today in the Star, the defensive coordinator. Very interesting story. He actually was Baker's defensive coordinator back from 1991 to 93. Was trying to help his old rival from Wisconsin out uh, way back in the day at Baker. Kind of shuffled through some things, figured out a way to get him up to Baker to like clean the locker room, clean the field, and then be a part-time coach. Uh, The guy turned him down, but that ended up the buddy he was talking to at the time back in 93, 94 was Lance Leipold, who now is the head football coach at Kansas. So crazy how these things come full circle now, you know, 15 miles down the road, they are uh, the head coach and defensive coordinator at the University of Kansas. But uh, that along with Chris Simpson, linebackers coach, he's getting paid $380,000, is going to be the recruiting coordinator as well. I know they're very high on him. And Brian Borland said that he's kind of the right-hand man when it comes to defense. Uh, Jim Zabrowski is the quarterback's coach coming coming on from Buffalo. And then uh, Scott Fuchs, a a well-respected offensive line coach. And you know, a lot of fans, I think, wanted KU to go triple option. But what Buffalo did in leading the nation in rushing yards per carry last year, they went to what's called a wide zone scheme. It's a little bit different than a lot of teams do. But Scott Fuchs has been part of that magic on the offensive line to kind of teach those guys how to run it. And they kind of have something they've been working on for a few years now. Him and Kodal Nicky, the offensive coordinator, and it seems to work and kind of gives a different wrinkle, kind of like a, a different uh, triple option that a team would face. So look for Kansas to run the ball quite a bit early on. And uh, they preached a lot about both offensive and defensively 
getting great effort and doing simple things over and over again, not overcomplicating things and just kind of out executing your opponents and doing so with great effort. So we'll see if that translates on the field for Kansas. It'll probably at least take a year or two, but that's sort of the highlights of the, uh, the new staff for Kansas, along with those guys they kept, uh, the main guy they kept that people will know, Emmett Jones, who was the interim coach for Kansas in this spring, and he will remain as receivers coach and obviously very popular with the players. I'm glad you pronounced Kotelnicki. I wasn't 100% sure on, on that. Hey, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the transfer portal for basketball. How is it working for football in Kansas? What's the What's been the coming and going for KU football? So it will be interesting to track because uh, we've talked a lot about this specific topic, Blair, that the thing that Les Miles did best in his two years was for so many coaches, so many ADs, they kept passing the bill along with this scholarship deficit where they kept taking JUCO guys or kept trying to take shortcuts. Les Miles went out and got 25 high school players, talented guys, the last two years. And KU was starting to see the fruits of that labor. It, it cost them in the short term, but somebody needed to, to cost them in the short term so that the program could move forward. Unfortunately for Kansas, with the coaching turnover and with the immediate eligibility rule with transfers, a lot of those guys can leave right away. And so far, they've had guys like Dejon Terry and Marcus Harris. Two of their best defensive linemen have already announced that they're going to the transfer portal. Could be more coming. I guess the biggest name to watch will be Karan Prunty, who's a cornerback, who was a true freshman All-American for Kansas last year. If they were to lose him, that'd be a pretty big loss. But I guess it's a roundabout way of saying that if Kansas, and Lance Leipold talked about re-recruiting his players, which is what he's kind of tried to do in the last couple of weeks, if they can keep most of those guys there's some talented players here and they could jumpstart this rebuild a lot quicker than people think, because I think what made this job partially attractive is what the groundwork that Les Miles laid beforehand, which is, Hey, there's some young talented guys on this roster. If they just stay put and convince them to stay in Lawrence. So that'll be fascinating. But the other thing to keep an eye on, keep, keep one eye on it is there are some Buffalo guys that entered the transfer portal as well. And I just mentioned how that uh, Buffalo has had lots of success in the run game, lots of success doing what they do under Kotal, Nikki, and Fuchs. And potentially, maybe there will be guys that will want to follow them here and see if they can do the same thing at the Power 5 level. So it will be worth watching both ways. But if Kansas can even come close to breaking even on that equation, then they'll be coming out ahead because I think everybody anticipated with the new coaching change, especially at this point in time, there were going to be some transfers. That's a Buffalo team coming off a bowl season as well. So, and probably will be in a bowl this year too. A very good team. Great stuff as always from Gary Bedour and Jesse Newell. Okay, guys, we'll talk again soon. Thanks. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Jesse Newell and Gary Bedour for stopping by and talking. Kansas football and basketball. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we've got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus many more stories that appear only on the website, and certainly they all appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, this deal, uh, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. Here's how to get it. You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the e-edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.
kantcity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, you send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's a sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Friday with another episode.